Hello everybody, I'm Chloe Maidley and welcome back to the podcast. On this podcast, I speak to professional athletes, coaches, physique competitors, dietitians, nutritionists, and leaders in the field of health and fitness from all over the world. Thank you so much for joining me and I hope you enjoy today's episode. If you're new to the podcast, make sure you like, subscribe, review, and leave a comment to let others know about everything we've talked about. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram where I'll announce what's coming up on the podcast and other great content too. I'm at Maidly Chloe. Thank you so much. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Now, today's another solo episode from me. I promise I'm not trying to force myself onto you. This was actually requested by a few of my clients. So it goes without saying that the biggest hurdle I face with my clients is their relationship and behaviors with and around food. Emotional eating, hormonal eating, that's not a thing, but it definitely should be. Drunk eating, also not a thing, but also should be. Fuck it, bucket eating. These are really common problems and really human problems that as a coach, I come up against time and time again. I talk about this a lot, but the most common conversation around overeating these days is really coming from the self-love community. And that conversation seems to be saying, don't restrict, eat what you want, when you want, just accept it, you're human, love yourself. Now, I've said this before, and I will say it again, I'm not anti-self-love at all, but I just think that the messaging is maybe a little bit misguided, and certainly, as a coach with a lot of clients, quite unhelpful for a lot of people. I don't think I really need to explain why the advice, eat whatever you want, whenever you want, and love yourself, really is not appropriate for 99.9% of the population. But to put it succinctly, eating whatever you want, whatever you want, is going to result and has resulted in one outcome and one outcome alone. A nation struggling with metabolic health problems and a national health service that is crippled trying to deal with it. Human beings, and I am sorry if this is controversial, but it is also true, are biologically and physiologically designed to survive famine. We are not designed to survive obesity. And I think that has been shown time and time again in recent decades. Add to that, the word restriction has amassed such negative press now because people seem to be interpreting that word to be the same as the word punishment. But restriction, dietary restriction, is not dietary punishment. When we have a hypercaloric and hyperpalatable food available to us 24-7, it's cheap and it's everywhere. Of course we have to implement some kind of dietary restriction because one extreme has to be met and kind of controlled by another. And maybe I'll do another podcast another time on extremes, but extremes in every context, they're not helpful and they feed into each other for the reasons that I've just said. But back to the word restriction, the act of restriction is not the act of punishment. The act of restriction is the act of responsibility. Now, it's also fair to say that everything I've just spoken about when falling on the wrong ears can be seen as encouraging a negative relationship with food. And that really is not what I'm trying to do at all. 
If you find that you are someone who has a background and or a history with over-restriction, an overly controlling relationship with food, then it goes without saying that you need to seek the appropriate professional to help you. And that professional certainly is not a coach or a personal trainer that specializes in general health, fitness, and physique goals. If you struggle with any kind of disordered eating or body dysmorphia at all, you need to seek help from the appropriate mental health professional, and that is certainly not me. So if that is you, I would just kindly and respectfully request that you don't listen to the rest of the podcast, because much how I said that eating whatever you want, whenever you want, is really not helpful to a lot of my clients, this, by contrast, is not going to be helpful for you. However, if you are simply somebody who finds that you stress eat, you hormonally eat, you fuck it, fuck it eat, it's fair to say that these are very common, normal human behaviors around food and the environment that we found ourselves in with food now. And they're very coachable. And so in this episode, I want to talk you through five practical steps of how to successfully diet. Um, It is a bit different from the fat loss episodes. It's more really about actual day-to-day dieting. And there's going to be a follow-up episode, as I said, where we're going to continue to talk about other topics, which I'll touch on briefly at the end. But the first point, point one, the very first thing to think about is your choice of diet. Now, I did actually speak about this in the five steps to successful fat loss podcasts, but it is fair to say that if you are choosing an incredibly difficult diet to adhere to right off the bat, like the Atkins diet, for example, you're setting yourself up for dietary failure on day one. Don't get me wrong, going low carb is not a bad dieting method, despite what a lot of people might have you think. It's quite easy to implement, but it is actually not that easy to adhere to long term, which is why if you're choosing a diet which is solely focused on not eating carbohydrates, you are setting yourself up for failure. No diet should be a case of all or nothing. You're on a diet, you're off a diet, because as soon as you start playing into that narrative, you start playing into a yo-yo diet. So you really need to be a lot more flexible in your approach to your diet. There needs to be a push-pull here, or quite simply, it's not going to last, which means it's not going to work. And even if it does work and you do get results, you're not going to be able to maintain those results because you're not going to know how to eat outside of this all or nothing mindset. And like I say, you will end up in a yo-yo diet scenario. So this is why I always recommend tracking if it fits your macros, flexible dieting, you know, whatever you want to term it, because you have a deficit number of calories that will guarantee you results. Um, Or, you know, can be really, this can be in kind of any context, you know, if you're talking about hitting a slight surplus, um, you know, and you're going into muscle building, you know, you might have a slight surplus amount of calories, which if your training is accurate, you are going to get results with this number. But under this umbrella of calories, you really have freedom of choice. And that's really, really important for enjoyment of the diet, ability to adhere to the diet and ability to stay on the diet. So point one, Pick a diet that you can actually stick to. Okay, the second thing that I want you guys to think about is your dietary structure and routine. So now we have a diet that we know that you can stick to better than most because it's actually flexible and it is, you know, all about numbers and not about specific food groups or food choices. 
What we need to do next is ensure that flexible doesn't now snowball into no diet at all. Seriously, because every time I get a client who's new to tracking, their adherence is shocking. Well, it used to be before I learned my lesson. The adherence is shocking because now there's no restriction in terms of their diet and and they're just not used to it. So what I do now as a coach is I tell every client to come up with their own meal plan. Now, I know that there's a huge pushback against meal plans from, you know, my industry. And I'm really all for that because obviously, like I say, it's a very restrictive diet, which is back to point one, what I'm trying to get everybody to come away from. But the client coming up with their own meal plan within their numbers is in breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks that they really enjoy and they find easy to stick to. This is everything. Getting into a routine and a structure with food is going to guarantee ease of dieting, enjoyment of dieting, and it takes mental fatigue out of the equation when it comes to choosing what you can and can't eat that day. It's a really good dietary tool. So I tell my clients to come up with a handful of breakfasts, lunches, dinners, and snacks that they enjoy, they find quick, easy to make, that combined will hit their calorie and protein targets there or thereabouts throughout the course of the day. I'm essentially urging them to build a a structure in their day-to-day diet and to start to get into an enjoyable routine with food, only using flexible dieting when they need to, like when they're eating out or if they're over at a friend's house or at a wedding, a Hindu, or just when they're craving something that is not considered to be super kind of calorie or macro friendly. You know, we really want the client to be able to feel in control of their food intake, but also very much like they enjoy it. That is where, obviously, the holy grail of dieting success lies. Flexible dieting can and should come to the fore and help you alleviate any dieting fatigue that you may be feeling from time to time. But it is not a free-for-all. It is not anything goes. Don't forget the second part of the term flexible dieting. You're still dieting. So point two is to put a daily structure in place and get into a good routine with food. Hi guys, just a quick one. Adverts on the podcast are automated and we have no idea what may or may not play out, much like whatever pops up when you're browsing on the internet. This is an unsponsored podcast, but if I am ever plugging a product, you will know about it. Okay, so the third thing that I want you to think about is specific food choices. Now, if we all nail point one, flexible dieting, and point two, you get into a good routine with food, we now need to make sure that the routine that you're in and the meals that you're choosing are actually going to encourage physical satiety. So for example, if the meals you choose are gonna hit your calories every day, but they're lacking in protein and or fiber, meaning fruit and veg, whole grains, really plant-based foods, you can bet your butt that you maybe might get a few days, if you're lucky, a few weeks into the diet. And while you're mentally appeased, you're gonna really struggle to feel physically full. Protein and fiber are gonna leave you feeling fuller for longer, and they're gonna do your body wonders from a basic health perspective. And I know that the new trend now in in my industry is to really scream and shout about calories, and I think that was really needed for a period of time, and I think that was medicine that needed to be put out there. But 
again, in that extreme messaging of like, it's just calories, we've come away from the other extreme messaging we had, you know, a few years ago of clean eating, which was just healthy foods. And again, we've countered one with the other. It is important that we take into account kind of metabolic health and, and calories. It's also important that we take into account nutritional health. And, you know, protein and fiber is not only going to make your diet easier to adhere to because you're going to feel fuller for longer, but it's also important just for basic health. Um, everything from, you know, lean tissue health to, to gut health. So the point three, if you're in a deficit, make sure that you're choosing satiating food groups often. Okay, so point four, and this is off the back of point three. Remember how I talked about extremes of just count calories or just eat healthy. Like these aren't really that helpful. So kind of off the back of, of point three, make sure that you're choosing satiating food groups. We also need to talk about the counter to that, which is point four. Make sure you don't completely cut out the quote unquote treats or kind of caloric indulgences that you really enjoy. Because if you do, hello cravings and hello fuck it bucket. So let's say under the umbrella of your calories, you're now choosing super satiating and healthy foods like lean proteins, veg, fruit, and whole grains. But then one day you actually fancy making up some of your calories with chocolate or half a bottle of wine. You have to be able to do that seriously. One thing that we have to make sure that we tackle is physical satiety, but the counter to that and just as important when it comes to your dietary adherence and enjoyment is mental satiety. We need to make sure that you're both mentally and physically happy and healthy with your diet or you're not going to stick to it. So this is when I will say to my clients, make sure that you're eating kind of these calorie appropriate meals most of the time. And some of the time, if you need to squeeze in a treat, and this could be like every day or it could be every few days, don't deny yourself that luxury. You know, you are flexible dieting. You do have that option. We just want to steer very clear of kind of, again, all or nothing approaches. So point four, make sure that you're leaving room for the foods that you mentally crave and enjoy. Now, the final point that I'm going to touch on today is food meal frequency. So if you don't eat at regular intervals throughout the course of the day and you are trying to adhere to a calorie deficit, and I would presume if I was your coach that your activity levels both meet your non-exercise activity and eat your exercise activity would be in place. Believe me when I say that you are playing with fire, re your hunger cues and your dietary adherence. You really do need to make sure that you're not letting hours pass you by without eating when you're in a deficit or when your expenditure has increased. Because as soon as that hunger hits you, you are going to struggle with self-control around food. You know, if you think you struggled before when you weren't on a diet and now you are actually dieting and like I say, kind of probably increasing your expenditure at least a little bit, you're going to really, really struggle. Even professional physique and performance athletes find that this is a very big hurdle that they have to jump and manage, which is why so many of them meal prep. You don't have to meal prep if you don't want to, but I would recommend that you do eat every three hours to avoid the fuck it bucket. Not only is eating every three hours ideal for muscle protein synthesis, it's also ideal for staying on top of your hunger levels and your dietary adherence. Like I say, you don't have to meal prep, but if that's your best option, I suggest that you do. So the last point of this podcast episode 
is eat every three hours and meal prep if you have to. So those are my first five tips on successfully dieting. But in the follow-up episode in a few weeks' time, I'm going to touch on sleep, stress, the menstrual cycle, alcohol, and cardio, and how they can all wreak havoc with your dietary adherence. But to end this one, let's just go through all five points again. So point one is thinking about your choice of diet. Choose a diet that you can actually stick to. Point two was to think about your dietary structure and your day-to-day routine with food. I think this one is probably quite frowned upon, kind of freedom to eat whatever you want when you want. It is a luxury that we have, but it's also probably going to get in your way of you being able to kind of have accurate hunger cues and also actually mentally enjoying a diet. I I personally think it would be much more challenging if you're off the cuff, anything going it. I think having that routine and that structure is actually mentally very liberating. At least I find it so. Point three was specific food choices. You know, the beauty of flexible dieting is it is a numbers game and anything does go. But if you're choosing like really fast digesting carbs and junk food and things like that, you are going to find that you struggle to feel satiated throughout the course of the day. And choosing protein and fiber is going to be much more beneficial from a physical satiety standpoint. And then point four was off the back of point three. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't leave room in your daily diet if you want it, but, you know, probably weekly, fortnightly diet to eat the foods that kind of you crave or that are quote unquote treats. You know, you need to make sure that you're mentally satisfied by your diet as well as physically satisfied by it. The last point was food frequency. And I said meal prep if you have to, if this is something that you really struggle with. But either which way, eating every three hours is really ideal in terms of keeping on top of your hunger levels, helping you avoid the fuck it bucket. And also because I would really like my clients to be having protein in in all of their meals, I tend to give them like a minimum of 20 grams of protein per meal. It's also going to help with muscle protein synthesis. So typically, really, the window is three to five hours. But uh, like I say, you know, food cues and my clients is absolutely, without a doubt, the biggest hurdle that we face. So let's just, you know, hedge our bets and say eat every three hours and meal prep if you have to. So that does it for episode one of how to successfully diet. Um, There will be a second, as I keep saying. And it will probably be in a few weeks time because next week we do have another great guest. So thank you guys so much for joining me. And I hope you enjoyed that episode and I will see you again next week. Bye for now. Sports Social Podcast Network.